Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Hello there, my seller friends. Welcome to another episode of the School of Sellers podcast. Today, we are hitting on a topic that is very real and one that quite honestly, just sucks. But luckily, I have one of my very best TBT friends here with me to talk about it. I have invited Carrie Tracy on the show today to talk about the copycat battle. We've all been there. We've all had those moments where we think we've been copied, we've actually been copied, and then we experience all of the emotions that go along with that situation. So today I would love for you to join us as we unpack our experiences with copying and also our advice for others who are bound to walk the same road, even if you haven't yet. So thank you so much to Carrie for being on the show. This is not a fun topic to discuss, but it's one that's necessary. And it's one that we both feel we have come a long way (laughs) in the way that we handle being copied. So I hope that this resonates with you and gives you some guidance and at least peace of mind going forward in your own TBT journey. Here we go. Carrie Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. I am really pumped to have you on the show, Carrie, because you are one of my best TBT friends. We are former mastermind members together, and we've just, we've been through quite a bit from a TPT standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I think today's topic definitely um, is one we are familiar with talking about. So today, Carrie is here to talk to us about, well, we're talking together about the whole copycat world of TPT. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we dive into the nitty gritty. Carrie, can you give us a little bit of background on your TPT journey and where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I started on TPT in 2012, but like a lot of people, it was just sort of like a hobby or, you know, I would go months without doing anything on it. And then I started getting more serious about it in 2015. And then by 2017, I went full-time which was a very exciting milestone for me personally. So that's been, holy cow, five years. That's crazy. And I would consider myself like a pretty slow starter. And I'm, you know, even now, and it'll it'll come up a little bit in the conversation because I, I sort of got derailed for a little bit, even after my full-time gig. But these days I am still, of course, doing a lot on TPT, but also um, doing some stuff out in the in the rest of the world, the educational world with professional development, virtual conferences, courses, stuff like that. Carrie's killing it in the conference world is what she's not saying. She has, you have the most amazing, I love seeing your conference ads pop up on my feed. Oh, good. I love that they're popping up. <laughs> <laughs> it's always reassuring. So we have talked, you and I, Carrie, have talked at length about just all of the drama and stuff that goes into the copycat. I don't even know what to call it. Like the copycat. The dark side of (laughs) the dark. (laughs) And so I feel like this episode is long overdue because I would say it's probably one of the things that the most TPT sellers can relate to. Would you say that's true? I think 
gosh, you said that. And my heart just sort of dropped a little bit because I just don't want so many people to be able to relate to it. But I, I, a lot of people definitely do, unfortunately. And I think that the other thing is, is that it's so emotional when it happens to you that, you know, even if the numbers maybe are, I don't know, I have no idea how big the numbers might be of people who have like encountered copycat sellers of their own work. But when it happens, it's just like that cold chill and like immediate nausea, (laughs) you know, like just like washes over you when you're like, oh my gosh, that's my product staring back at me with someone else's logo on it. You know, it's it's horrifying. And yeah, I think it is long overdue because I think some of the darker parts of business that we have to learn to navigate uh, because this is a business. We don't always talk as much about them. And I think that I would have loved to have heard from a couple of people like us, how they are, how they manage it, how they get through it, because it is a reality of business, unfortunately. Yes, absolutely. And I think too, I, I would agree. Like I would hope that there's not like a huge number of sellers who feel like they've been copied, but I think to some degree, most sellers can relate to some, some degree of the copycat world, right? Like whether Mm -hmm. they're constantly on the lookout for people copying their resources or constantly hearing in Facebook groups about people copying. And, you know, there's just so many layers to the Mm -hmm. copying that that we just feel all the time as sellers. And like you said, it's such a personal, emotional thing that it makes it so much worse than just your typical TPT problem. Absolutely. It feels absolutely devastating. And and I think also because... Oh, this is for me personally, like I want to believe that like teachers are better people than the general population, but they're made up of the pop of like the general population, right? So there (laughs) are like really amazing, wonderful people who would never, ever do things like that. Then there's another group of people who maybe like accidentally, like there are a lot of people who unintentionally copy. Mm -hmm. And then there are a lot of situations where you might think somebody copied. And then when you sort of take a step back and like check yourself for a minute, a lot of people come up with the same ideas. So it it might not be copying just because it looks similar or has some similar ideas to what you've done too. So I've kind of been, I've kind of run the gamut of like all of it where it's like, (laughs) yeah, that's legitimately somebody copying and like, oh, this is me being paranoid and crazy. And that can happen to you as you kind of get like sucked up in the whirlwind of, of the emotion of it. Oh my gosh, that is so true. Because yeah, it's not always copying. I think that's a really important thing to note, but I think you almost have to go through all the different phases of copying <laughs> in order to truly understand it, right? To to be yeah. able to say like, oh, that's definitely copying or, you know, which is sad that, you know, we're kind of low-key experts on copying at this point, but <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I have chosen it necessarily, I, right? But... <laughs> yeah. Not not a not a path I had in mind. So I wanted to go back to when you were talking about just like that visceral reaction that you have when you come to the realization that someone copied you. Now, sometimes this is like you just browsing TBT innocently and coming across something. Sometimes a Facebook ad pops up and you're like, oh my gosh, that looks just like my product. Or this is the worst in my opinion. And I don't know why. When you get that message from like a TBT friend and they're like, oh, you might want to take a look at, and it's like, come on. I don't want to do this today. (laughs) 
I've had all of those. Yes. Um, although, although I don't think it was a Facebook ad for me, it was a, a promoted pin I would put oh. in place of that, but I've had all the other ones where I'm checking on SEO. Like I'm trying to improve like my title SEO. Mm-hmm. And so I really do try to avoid as much as possible. Yep. Seeing other people's stuff for multiple reasons. One is I just would prefer not to see mm-hmm. if there are copycats, honestly, at this point, because it's better for my headspace yep. not to see it. But I also don't want to have other people's ideas get in my head by, cause I don't want to ever be copying somebody. Right. I know I would never intentionally do it, but I think it's easy enough for people like to not know where an idea came from for them and to go and accidentally. And, and then what's actually even more of a reality for me is I've had an idea of something that I was planning to do sometime soon. And then I'll come across, you know, Oh, someone else has already done that STEM challenge. And then just be like, feel like I can't do it now, you know, because now I've seen there, I've seen that somebody else has done it. And it's silly really, because everybody's got their own unique way of, of approaching these different kinds of lessons. And so I could do the same exact STEM challenge. It would be different. Mm -hmm. And I have like classics in my store. Like everybody's got a boat. Everybody's got at least one tower. Everybody's got a bridge. Like, you know, that's all like I consider classics. And that sort of was where my headspace started to move when that disgusting feeling of seeing your work and being sort of powerless because we know our copyright law is you you can't copyright an idea. Right. So I really started focusing a lot for me on things I can control and things I can't control. I can't control copyright law. I wish I could copyright my <laughs> idea, but I can't. I can trademark my titles if I want to do that. And I have done that in a couple of cases. Maybe nah, maybe for a resource, maybe it was just one. Anyway, I have a, I've have pursued that in a couple of areas, but you know that's expensive. You can't go around trademarking all of your stuff, right? Be really careful about that. But that's that's one of those things where it's like I can't control the law, but I I can go ahead and get a trademark if I think it's you know if it's a resource that warrants like that sort of protection or whatever. I'm starting Absolutely. to get off on tangents. Sorry. <laughs> Well, but these are all the things like there's so much that goes into copyright and just the overall idea of copying that, I mean, you kind of have to touch on all these things because yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't want to pay to trademark a bunch of my stuff. That's expensive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it sucks that we would even have to consider doing that to stop that from happening. But, you know, it's just one of those things that... That was one of the ones that sent me down on my, on, on my worst spiral from copycat sellers was I came across, I was doing an SEO thing. I saw somebody pop up in my niche who I, uh, I was familiar with their store, but I had, I I just knew that they weren't in my niche. So I was Mm -hmm. like, how did they already get up so high? And I'm not even familiar with. So then I went, I, so then I went and I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, that's mine. That's mine. (sighs) that that's my other friends in the niche. That's my other friends in the niche. And I'm like, that's mine. And it has the same title. And then my blood like just started to boil. Right. So I went through and in that store, three of my titles, but, but one of them was, it was a match on the title, but not on the, on the actual like content. And then the other two were like, that's my resource. That's my title. Their models in the picture look like my models in the picture. And like, I just like, I was just filled with what I, what I have called very severe and very impotent rage. <laughs> it's like, what do you, what do you do with a person like that? Like, right. you're not, so I would just say, well, my number one tip, first of all, do mm-hmm. not contact these people. It's either you issue a takedown notice, like you flag it and report the resource because you actually can, 
Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, you can't, <laughs> um, which is really important. But then, you know, you're not going to, nothing good, I don't think. I think maybe like 1% of the time, if you're lucky, maybe you get somebody who is like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I had done that. And mm-hmm. I feel terrible and I'll take it down. Like your dream of what's going to happen is not what's going to happen. Yeah. It's especially happen, if so. you're dealing with like a bigger seller too, I yeah. found that uh-huh. for many reasons, probably they can afford to fight the trademark and copyright game with, they might uh-huh. already be equipped with legal people who are often getting cited uh-huh. or their resources reported usually do have the means and, you know, perhaps even lawyers on retainer in some cases. So now, and I will play not even devil's advocate, but just another angle of, so I've had so many people copy one of my best-selling product lines, my mm-hmm. knockout games. And, yep. and so I have two, okay, this is actually perfect. Cause I have two stories, my original copycat story, which was still, still gives me like a physical reaction. Like I was sitting on my couch one night and, and it was like the year that the game had gone big. So it was probably, you know, I had ads running. I'm sure it was everywhere Yeah, of a seller who was bigger than me at the time made her own version of the game. and sold. I mean, it was the exact same game, just like different design. And it was just, it was heartbreaking because in my eyes, you know, you jump to worst case scenario. All of a sudden I'm like, okay, this is it. My business is done. Mm -hmm. You know, she's going to overtake me in the sales because it's the exact same game. I mean, luckily none of that happened, but those are the irrational thoughts that run through your head over and over and over. But did I ever do anything about it? No, because I knew legally I didn't have a leg to stand on, but I did end up wasting way too much time thinking about it and worrying about it and obsessing about it. So when I say I didn't do anything about it, I mean, like I didn't contact her, but it ruined me for a while. I mean, it really messed with my head. Yeah. And, but then on the flip side, you know, I've had so many sellers who will create a knockout game, call it knockout and then post it. And those are the cases that I feel okay contacting them because it is, I mean, it's, it's a direct copy of the name. The slide design is usually the exact same. In some cases they've even copied them, you know, so, so in those cases, but also in those cases, more often than not, it's a newer seller who truly does not know. I mean, you would think people would know not to like take something exact, but I have found that by giving them the benefit of the doubt and just leaving them a kind message in their Q and a saying, I would appreciate if you took this down, it's a direct copy, you know, nine times out of 10, they take it down and even write me back with a nice message. Oh, Um, so I stand corrected. I have never heard a story like yours. (laughs) Never. (laughs) But I will say though, but those are only the cases where it is blatant. Like there is no doubt. Right. Right. And it's usually someone who has maybe like 17 followers, or you can tell they're very early in their journey. And if Mm -hmm. I were very early in my journey, I would probably be very intimidated by that happening. Not saying I do it to be intimidating. I don't like to be an (laughs) intimidator. Yeah. You're not writing it in that tone. You're writing it in a friendly, like, Hey, heads up. That's not cool. Don't do that. That just not even like, like that. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I, I'm probably nicer than I should be actually. Cause I, I like hate the confrontation side of things. Mm-hmm. I like drama, but I, I want to be on like the observing side of drama. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't want to be directly involved. <laughs> yeah. Just on the outskirts. <laughs> so, but I, I, I think that's just a testament though, that to the point that 
no copycat cases the same. I mean, there's no like black and white rules for how to handle it or what to do or what to say. I think there are so many valid ways to handle it. And I think too, it depends on the seller and the product. And there's, I will say that like that, that one, my story Mm -hmm. that I told before, because I didn't know what to do with all of my emotion around it. And it was like eating me alive. I couldn't sleep. Like Mm -hmm. it was really, it was really messing with me. And I I knew it wasn't a good idea to reach out to this particular seller. I knew by looking in their store, I could recognize Mm -hmm. other niches and other people I had seen like on TPT over the years. And I was like, Oh, this is like, this is a method. This yes. is like, this is the the fabric of their business. Yes. Hearing that they've hurt my feelings, you know, is not going to move these people, right? Like there's <laughs> right. no good, right? <laughs> so instead what I ended up doing, because I just didn't, I didn't, I really didn't know what to do with it. And I couldn't, like, I just couldn't move on. So I wrote an open letter without identifying information, like mm-hmm. pretty much like what I've told you today. Like yeah. I didn't say the titles of the things or whatever. I use they, you know, <laughs> all the time, like when I'm talking yeah. about copycat sellers, but I posted it in a, in a very big TPT group mm-hmm. just as an open letter. Yeah. Hoping, you know what, maybe they'll see it and recognize themselves and that's the best I can do. But even if they don't, I need someone to have seen and witnessed my pain yes. <laughs> <you know? laughs> over this. And what was shocking to me is how many direct messages I got with people saying, I know who this is just based on, because it had happened to them and they recognized the MO of like what I described, like in the store. And I was, it was just really heartbreaking because they didn't even, they said like, Hey, I think I know who this is. And then they were like, I'm going to describe the logo. You tell me if I've got it right. And, and they were all of them. They were all right. Well, you know, unfortunately it's like, yeah, you see this, the usual suspects, I feel, you know, there are certain business models that just aren't as uh, morally sound as. Yeah. That's a distinction I like to think about a lot is <laughs> like, it might be legal, but I, I don't find it to be ethical. No, <laughs> no, not at all. It's just hard because like, I am the type of person who is like, yes, collaboration over competition any day. I preach that all the time and I truly believe it. But then it's like, but don't copy my shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be cool. But like, yeah, we can collaborate each other. Yeah. Collaborating is different. There's a difference. <laughs> yes, there is a difference than, than for you feeling entitled to the fruits of my labor right. and, and coming in to provide for right. your family by impacting my ability to provide for mine. Like I definitely, right. like when I get into it and I start talking about it, I start thinking about it, I definitely still get riled up about it, but I mm-hmm. have done so much, I think evolving around it yes, and mindset work so that I wasn't throwing myself off because that was another part of the emotion for me is that it wasn't just the initial damage of seeing that, seeing my copied work, but then it was that I, I just couldn't get into a creative frame of mind. Like I wasn't motivated to work because I was like, well, well I'm like an R and D yeah. for you. <laughs> like I put in all the time, the, the, the tears, the sweat, the hard work, the creativity, your it's products are just sitting down a resource. Yeah. And you come in and you copy it and water it down and sometimes undercut what I'm charging too. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I was losing my mind. I'm like, How do, I don't want to make anything. And then I'm mad at myself because I'm like, I'm being, that's illusory sort of mentality. But it was just, it's just where I was. I just couldn't create in that moment. I think one of the coolest things about 
our experience with copycats is that we have evolved a lot since the beginning in terms of mindset and how we've been handling things. I mean, it's always a work in progress and Mm -hmm. it'll never be an easy thing to stomach, but what is one of the main shifts or differences in how you handle things versus how you used to? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good question. So I think there are a few different, a few different kinds of like exercises or things that I've thought about. I'm an overthinker about a Mm -hmm. lot of things, which is part of what was problematic, right? Is when I, when I would be copied, I just like ruminate on it and just be like so upset. So one of the things I tried to start doing is to take it out of the TPT world and look into the regular business world and just think about the fact that like, you know, like a black shirt, any designer can make a black t-shirt none of us would have a problem with that. I don't think. Right. So I used to like Mm -hmm. examine where is the line where for me, it becomes crossing over into being unethical or immoral, or just like, ew, I don't like that. I don't like it, (laughs) you know, as a company or whatever. An example, like Converse, like the sneakers, many, many brands have shoes that look just like that. They have their Mm -hmm. knockoff versions, right? And you start looking more into like a grocery store, the, you know, not Cheerios, but Honey O's, you know, Mm -hmm. there are these generic brands or knockoffs really of these other things. And in some areas it's become, it's commonplace. And even for me, as someone who's very sensitive to copycat sellers, like I don't have issue with it. Do you know Tom's shoes? Yes. Yes. Are you familiar with when Skechers made Bob's shoes? No, I don't think so. Oh, look at that. So like for me, that's a very clear line of like, oh, Uh I, I don't like Skechers as a company. They, I mean, it's, it is Tom's shoes. They just basically, they, the shoes look very similar. It's the same concept of, you know, they're doing a good thing with like buy one and, Mm -hmm. you know, another pair goes to somebody in need, but then they named it Bob's, you know, they didn't even just say like, oh, these, this is our, this is a new line for Skechers or whatever. For me, that's a line. Right. That you shouldn't cross. So for me as a company, Skechers is dead to me Uh, and iPhones and, you know, like no phone had the user interface Mm -hmm. that iPhone did before it came out. Right. So trying to sort of get my head around, like it, this is a natural thing in business and some of it feels okay to me and some of it doesn't. But the reality is, again, I go back to things I can control, things I can't control. I can't control the ethics of another TPT seller. Right. I can't. I feel like that right there is the best dealing with the copiers rule. Like if you can't control it, then it's not worth the space that it's taking up in your head. And then so, and then really focusing on then the things that you can control around it, because even then, like I said earlier, like my little, like, like the phrase rolling around in my head for all that time early on was just like impotent rage. I Mm -hmm. am boiling all the time and I'm the only one suffering they're not suffering at all. You know, like this doesn't, my inability to like handle it at that time, it it did feel like an inability (laughs) to handle it. It wasn't impacting them at all. And that made me more mad, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just like, I'm the only one. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like I said, double impact, right. It was not just the copying of it, but then it was impacting my productivity in my own business and my motivation, but trying to come around to taking ownership of that. They didn't do that to me. I'm choosing to not be productive right now, even though they didn't feel like a choice. (laughs) And so like that part was like, just just starting to get the mind shift around to like, I can't control what TPT is going to do either. Like I can't control that they're going to allow this to happen 
the way that they're going, what they're going to, what they're going to allow me to pursue or what they aren't or whatever, all of those other things. TPT's business is not my business. It's not, it's none of my business. Right. And unethical sellers business, copycat sellers business. It's none of my business, which is a hard, like, even when I say it now, I still have a little like cognitive dissonance around it. Cause I'm yeah. like, well, of course it is. Cause it impacts mine or we're connected. We're inextricably linked in some way mm-hmm. or whatever. But the reality is their businesses are not my business. Right. So what do I, what do I have control over and what, how do I want to feel about it? And for me, a lot of this actually came out of Burke Castillo has a podcast. Life I was Coach literally Soul. just, yes. I was just thinking about her. I must've listened to the same. Okay. Go on. Yes. So she has, she has a basic framework. So I would just say, if you're having trouble with anything around mindset or like unwanted thoughts or unwanted feelings around like anything, not just this, obviously not just business could be your personal life or whatever. I found her framework really helpful. And so uh, just in a nutshell, she basically says circumstances are neutral. So the fact that someone copied my work is neutral. There's actually no positive or negative feeling to that. The feeling doesn't get attributed until I have a thought. So the circumstance, then the thought, the thought triggers a feeling, feeling triggers action or inaction, which Mm -hmm. triggers a result. And so I worked a lot around that too, right? Around, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the feelings that I'm having around this? I did a lot of writing, you know, the the open letter was the thing I actually posted in the world, but most things I just wrote for myself and journaling and things like that and didn't, didn't really go anywhere. But I think what helped me probably the most was, you, you can start from anywhere on that continuum, right? So mm-hmm. rather than starting with the thoughts I'm having, like I can try to think about how do I want to feel about this? Ah, and like reverse engineer. And then, well, what would I need to be thinking in order to be feeling that? Ah. Or what action do I want to be taking right now? I want to be working on my business. So what do I need to feel? So what do I need to be feeling in order to, I need to be feeling motivated. Well, what thoughts would make me feel motivated? Right. Mm-hmm. And so working backwards from that, because what I decided ultimately, and there's also this thing from Gary V, G- Gary Vaynerchuk. I used to listen yeah. to him a lot back in the day. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing a clip of like somebody asking him really devastated. They had some like video podcast thing. Somebody had like emulated everything they did about it. The backgrounds, okay. the yeah. everything, right? Yeah. And he was so harsh with them. And I wonder now if this is why I stopped listening to him. Cause like, maybe I was in a place, <laughs> but now it sits with, it, it has sat with me ever since because he just said, yeah, I mean, people are going to copy. You just have to be better. You can't waste your time and energy around the fact that this is a thing that has happened. It's already happened and right. it's going to keep happening. If you're doing yeah. good stuff, people are going to copy it. And that's, that's the nature of business or whatever. He's like, so, you know, like, what are you going to do about it? You just have to be better. You just have to be better than them. And like, I love that. I just like, <laughs> I do love it now. But then when yeah. I heard it, I was just like, I couldn't hear it because then all, the other thing for me was like, okay, but I'm putting all my blood, sweat and tears into creating the resource. I don't have the amount of energy that somebody who didn't do that mm-hmm. has for marketing, for building their list, right. you know, for right. doing all these other pieces. And so that's another thing too, that I'm like, okay, stop making excuses about what I can and cannot do. And just decide what it is, what, how I want to feel about it is I want to feel like my business is doing so well that I, you're a gnat, you're a fly yeah. to me. I don't <laughs> care what you're doing. doesn't even enter into my thoughts. And it like, does it? Cause I'm like, okay, that's clearly how I want to feel. Yeah. So I can't keep ignoring parts of my business, but I will tell you for a long, long time before I got to that point, what I had figured out is that I couldn't get myself motivated to do 
normal resources on TPT. So I shifted my focus in my business because I was like, I can't just like be spinning my wheels. Yeah. Be stewing and doing nothing. So I shifted into doing professional development for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'd still, I'd still say I'm, I'm probably still more focused on that than TPT resources. Although I'm trying to sort of come back into finding more of a balance now, cause I'm in a better place, but this yeah. is me. Like I'm a turtle man. It took me years <laughs> to get to this point where I'm like, okay, I'll make some resources again. Um, but I'm like literally living off of resources I made in like 2016 and 17 still, because That's I mean, the it works. TPT though, you know, it works and I'm happy yeah. about that. Absolutely. But yeah, I just shifted into, Oh, I also did some resources that weren't in that niche where I was getting mm-hmm. copied. Cause I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll work on a writing resource. Cause nobody's happy in that. So like, yeah. that, I'll do that for a while. Like that's the thing I can get excited about and, or I'll do professional development because that's a harder thing to copy. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work, that's I'll make true. these videos. Cause that's a harder thing to copy. Cause you, you know, you've got to put in the work to do yeah. it. All of that other stuff. So I found avenues where it's like, okay, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm like, I used to describe it as feeling like, like I'm in like a tar pit. Like I just can't get out. Like, and I know, I, I know I need to, I know logically, like I'm only hurting myself, but all the logicking around it, it just wasn't giving me any movement. And so Mm -hmm. I just like, what can I do? So maybe for you, maybe for other people who are listening, like maybe you can shift your focus and work on your blog or work on marketing. If you're feeling not inspired to do resources at the moment or, you know, shift into professional development or make a course or do something that feels harder to copy that that's what sort of helped me. What helped you shift? Well, I was, I was literally just thinking that I I think we have two different perspectives. Like I love that you did something new with it. For me, it was more of like the things that I had to stop doing. Like, mm. I guess you stopped, I, you were less product creation. So it's the same sort of idea. But I was going to say that when I get in a really bad headspace with copying, I make it a rule to maybe take a break from going on TPT at all because yep. I don't want to see any products. I don't want to see the homepage. And I, this hasn't been, for, I mean, I haven't done this in a while, but I think this was helpful for me in the beginning when I first started battling these mindsets. And then Instagram and Facebook were big oh, no. ones for me. <laughs> I had to like piece out of those several times because I was like, if I see one more I, post about this stupid game, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> like I have uh, like on Facebook, you know, you can tell it never to show you ads from that person again. Yes. Yes. I have done that many times. Oh yes, yes. Like, I, I am, need to see yeah. that because it can be tempting, even though you know mm-hmm. you know it's bad for you. It can be tempting to like go and look, but mm-hmm. my rule became for myself: is this going to result in some action that I take for my business? Right. If the answer is no, then it's not. And it's not time. bringing me anything good then I just don't look. So I don't spend much time on social either at all. And in cases where I've seen, like, I just love that feature on Facebook where you're like, please don't show me these ads. Oh my I gosh. I don't need to see that. I don't it need is. to see it. <laughs> you're right. You're right though. Like, I feel like with whenever copiers are involved, there's like an angel and a devil on your shoulder. Yeah. Like one is telling you. And, and the worst part about it is that what you want to do is always the bad part. I mean, that's always our first instinct, whether it's to contact that person, whether it's to, I don't know, just all of the immediate things that we feel like doing. It's just, it's terrible. I mean, I don't know, you know, I think about that open letter a lot. I don't think I would probably do it now, but I am happy. This is one of my silver linings actually of having been copied. This is another thing I try to do is, am I wrong about this? 
Am mm-hmm. I wrong about this? Is this just the way business works? Is this a black t-shirt moment? Or is this a Bob's versus Tom's right. moment? Because we we have a tendency to create, like have this ownership around the resources we create, of course, as we should. But some of, to me, some of the ideas are more unique and creative mm-hmm. than others. And so where I draw that line might not be where everybody else draws that line, you know? And it isn't obviously where everybody else draws that line. Right. So there's part of me that tries to like, get over myself a little (laughs) bit about some things about like, well, maybe I'm just wrong. Like maybe I'm too rigid with where I draw the line, but I, I don't think I am for me. I'm not, but again, it's, I will conduct my business in my way, Mm -hmm. drawing the line where I think the line is and other people are going to do the same exact thing. Our lines are not going to be in the same place. So one of the things that like, I try to think about too, is I wanted to create opportunities for what I consider other content creators. So that's in my head, these are the separate things. It's just like they're content creators and then they're copycat sellers. Yes. <laughs> I think you're pretty much that's you're you're gonna fall in one of those two categories. Yep. And so as a result of that open letter, and I would get these comments and and even other things too, like over the years, like you said, people will send you to other TPTs were like, uh-huh. hey, you need to look at this. In some cases I've found they took my actual photographs with the watermark in some cases. I was like, wow, that's bold. You can make your own thing and like take a picture. But through these like little, you know, interactions with people, I've ended up having these collaborations. The virtual conferences actually sprang up some, I don't know if the virtual conferences would have happened, certainly not as soon as it did. Yeah. If I hadn't had this like sort of fire in my belly about wanting to put other people, like, let's all lift each other up. Let's all support each other. Yes. Because we're all doing our own work here. Mm -hmm. This is a thing we can control. Right. It's like, let's celebrate all the people who aren't copying each other. (laughs) Like, like let's, yeah. Focus on that rather than the bad apples. Yeah. And I think actually that was a big shift for me too, is like these people that I work with on at least on the, so I've done two different themed conferences. So the the STEM themed one, Uh, there are people that I, years back would have just considered competitors. And certainly they are, we're in the same niche. The idea that I'm collaborating with them and it has been such an amazing experience for so many reasons. They're just amazing people. And I love their ideas and I love to be in support of them and, and they're in support of me. It's fantastic. You couldn't have told me that in 2016. Cause I was just being like, I was just so fiercely like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat them. You know, like I'm going to be on the top page of SEO results for this kind of STEM challenge or whatever, you know? So that's a thing I'm grateful for too. Cause I, I don't know, maybe it would have happened organically some other way, but there are some really great friendships and collaborations that have come out of feeling connected and bonded with yeah. other people who have been like sort of victimized by the same seller. And so right. again, I don't, I mean, I can't say I would have chosen it, but like, if you ask me now, like if I go back and I would remove that, remove the copycat, but then I'd have to remove all this other stuff that kind of came as a result. I just yeah, wouldn't do it. So gosh. not that that is absolving you if you're right. listening copycat <laughs> sellers, because I still have a fair amount of contempt and disdain. <laughs> And certainly uh, don't go patting yourself on the backs, but no, I, I, no, I do see I, some good that has come of it for sure. I, I like that. And I think it's just a good reminder too, that even though there are people out there that think it's okay to do things like copy, there's just for every person that's out there like that, there's 10 sellers who are the most supportive, amazing people yes. that you'll ever meet. So yes. I think that's the most important thing because it can tarnish your picture of TBT as a whole. And that can be 
that can be hard too. So I think it's important to keep, keep that in mind. Okay. So I have some just for fun questions that I want to wrap up with, if that's okay okay with you. Sure. (laughs) They're totally random. They have nothing to do with copycats or TPT. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Now Um, I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I won't ask you anything too bad. What was your first job that you ever had? McDonald's. Oh, I worked at McDonald's for, I think everybody should work fast food for a couple of years or some kind of, some kind of service-based job, because I think it, I think it makes you a better person, honestly. Like agreed. Agreed. I feel like we could all probably use a refresher course, honestly, (laughs) right around now. Yes. Go spend a week working with the general public. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a good one. What about if you could get rid of one day of the week? Which day would you get rid of? Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. I, I don't know why, but <laughs> I have always found Tuesdays to be the most slog worthy day. You know, like there's just something about I can get through a Monday. I have no problem. Yeah, Tuesday's a little it. rough. Because <laughs> like the the charm of the fresh start has worn off and you're like, oh, we're just, we're really doing this. And it's just like, oh, there's like four more days. Yeah. It feels like, because Wednesday's like, oh, halfway, there's something good about it, you know? And that's then true. Everything else is like, oh, we're, we're rolling downhill. It's almost the weekend, you know? Yeah. Tuesday's the rough one for me. <laughs> I like that. Okay. All right. Last question. If you were not a TPT and you were not a teacher, like if you weren't doing any of the things you were doing right now, what job would you have mm. or want to have? So I don't have any of the experience or talent (laughs) at all, but I've always thought I would really enjoy being like a writer on a TV show, some sort of creative field like that. But I think writing is probably the, probably the role I would be best suited Mm -hmm. for on, on a, like a collaborative effort like that. Although there's always part of me that like, oh, I would love to be the actress, but I don't, I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. It's something on a TV show. Were you, did you ever do theater or anything? A little bit in high school, but never like, never anything serious, but yeah, I like creative. I mean, that's, you know, that's how teachers write and TBTers specifically. And I I love all of the, all of the pieces that go into, you know, like when I do professional development and I'm doing the video editing, I love, even though I, you know, I might not want to do it mm-hmm. like initially, but when I sit down and I actually start going through it, I love the creative process of that. Yeah. Just the same way as creating a teaching resource, just the same way as a lesson, just the same way as like when I'm teaching somebody and they're not getting it and, you know, trying to come up with, okay, well this, this approach didn't work. The creativity around that, that to me, I've had jobs where I haven't, I haven't needed to be creative. I don't last in them a year, maybe two, because I I have to have the creative outlet. Otherwise I just can't be interested in it. That would be so hard. I couldn't even imagine a job where you didn't have to be creative. That's so sad. Well, you like, I play little games with myself. So like I I worked at DreamWorks Animation, which is like, you know, in my head, I was just like, oh my gosh, like so creative. It'll be amazing. And there were great things about it, but my role was an executive assistant. Oh, so administrative assistant kind of thing. So it's just a lot of like booking travel, booking Mm -hmm. meetings, kicking people out of a room and getting them a new room. Anyways, just like a lot of easy tasks, but the volume of them, because it was doing them for a whole department. So for the beginning part of that job, 
I did fine because I sort of made games out of doing the impossible with the room shifting. Like it was yeah. like the calendars in Google were like, looked like Tetris, you know, where you're just trying to fit everybody <laughs> where they wanted to be. And there were prime rooms and like rooms everybody didn't like all this thing. Yeah. So I would make this game for myself out of like, <laughs> you know, trying to be the best at that. Mm-hmm. But then when I got good at it and it wasn't that much of a challenge anymore, then it was just like, I don't have anything to, there's nothing yeah. here for me to do to be creative. And I, I mean, I had given my notice probably just a couple of months after that. Cause I was just like, I'm suffering. I can't, I can't how, handle it. How ironic that that happened at DreamWorks of all places. <laughs> you know, it was the role that I took. It was actually after I left teaching, that was my first like normal person job after teaching. And it was like, a cut. That's a whole other episode. Sorry. I was not, but it was, <laughs> it was such a shift. Cause I was like, I'll take anything. And I took like half my pay that I was making when I was teaching, but it was great. I mean, overall it was still a great experience. It was just the wrong, it was just the wrong role for me. Yeah. Right. Right. That's just, Oh my gosh. All these new things. I just never knew about you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know, oh, I can't wait for people to hear this because it's, a message that everybody needs, I think, in the TPT world. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 